Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. Man, every time you hit record on Zoom now these days, we have to consent. We have to consent to being recorded. Uh, I feel like we we are live in a world. This is I don't I literally don't mean this to sound bad, but every we have to like consent when we walk into a building because there's cameras. We have to consent when we go onto a website to allow cookies. Like everything. Obviously, there's times, and that's why I said I don't want this to sound bad. But there's times in our life where it's very important that we men, women, everyone are consenting to things. And then there seems like there's just this like overbearingness that we're having to consent to everything. Um, and I just had this realization. So sorry if I'm dropping my uh, my little rant of consent on you, but I was just kind of random. I was like, man, we're consenting to everything these days. So, all right, let me, let me twist this. We are, we continue on our march down to almost 200 episodes. This podcast has been on the air for like four years, almost I guess we're three and a half years. Um, we have had, we're almost at 200 guests. So there's been over 200 episodes, but we're almost at 200 guests, which is blowing my mind, which is why I talk about it. Because if I think back to three and a half years ago, when this thing started and you told me I'd get to 200 guests, I think I would have I don't know. I don't, I think I would, like, I knew it was possible, right? It's not, that's not, it's not crazy. We're not telling me to build the pyramids by hand, but I'd be like, man, 200 guests. That's a lot of, that's a lot of human beings that I don't know that I need to, you know, reach out to. And, and luckily I have a team and some people that help me do this, but I feel very fortunate. And as we get closer, I feel like more fortunate that I've had like all the wisdom and all the knowledge. And if you've listened to the episodes, you've got it too. But more so than anything, I tell people all the time, the best part of doing a show like this. And if you're sitting out there and you've considered doing a podcast, I'm an advocate for do a podcast. There's not too many, you know, get on your soapbox, talk about what you want. And, but the best part is the relationships the connections, the humans that I never would have met from people that are, let's say like, just because I don't have a better word, famous to people that we all should know, but aren't famous and how I can almost go anywhere in the U S now, some other countries too, and look on my phone or look through my podcast and text somebody or email somebody and be like, Hey, I'm, we, you know, we did that one hour together. And usually that be like, let's grab a drink. Let's get coffee. Let's catch up. People come to San Diego where I am and they will reach out to me and ask if I'm around. Um, and simply from one hour, because that's all the time I usually spend with them. So it makes me think about how much power there is in connection, how much power there is in relationship, how much we get from each other. Um, 
I read earlier today that if you think you're supposed to figure everything out on your own, you're just wasting a lot of time. Cause like someone has done some version of something, even if it's not exactly like you want to do it. Like if we use like the iPhone, Steve jobs didn't invent cell phones, right? They invented a version of a phone. They took it to the next level, but the phone was invented I don't know, 150 years ago or something, probably. I have no idea, but you know, hundred turn of the century um, and the evolution of it, right. Even the cell phone was in, was an advancement of, a, of, I don't know, military had those like backpacks back in the day with the phones on them. That's like was early. So I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think the idea that like, look at your relationships, appreciate your relationships and realize that wherever you are in life, whether you're walking your dog, you're sitting in a coffee shop, you're interacting with your, you know, your postman or your garbage man, you never know, you know, how those relationships could uh, change your life. Um, so just, yeah, pay attention. I think maybe it's even more obvious now because we're coming out of a year where we had so much disconnection with COVID and so much isolation. I want to introduce you to our guest. I think he's going to be able to speak to some of these things. Um, he is in the few moments I talked to him before we hit record. There's a general sense of connection, love, um, wanting to help humans be better, do better, achieve more of what they want. And generally just like a happy human. I don't know how we're going to find out if this is like, if he's just always happy, how did he cultivate this joy and this happiness? But there's this general, it's not that he was told me he was happy, right? But there's this general sense of a happiness in his being. Um, so our guest today has done a lot of cool things. He's an expert on small business success. He inspires and educates thousands of people every year through media, through content, through interviews. He's a four-time entrepreneur. He sold two companies. Now, as somebody who, this is my, my business, Dream Mason, is my first true entrepreneurial venture. Uh, if you're listening to this and you've done it, you know how challenging it is to do it one time. And often it's like, why, why would you want to do it? Or you can understand why someone would want to do it. Go, you can see both sides. He sold two companies. He's a best-selling author. He's his fourth book, fourth book, which just came out is called Celebrity CEO. And it's all about personal branding. He shared the stage with some, man, he shared the stage with my favorite person, Seth Godin, who I have asked Seth Godin to be on this podcast so many times. And one day, one day, Seth Godin and me will share space. Um, Simon Sinek, Gary Vee. He's also interviewed all the all five of the Shark Tank sharks. That's pretty wild. We're going to have to talk about that. Um, I could go on and on, but uh, I think you're already impressed. You already know. You already know enough. Ramon Ray, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for being hey, here. Alex. Thanks for having me here, man. It's good to be here. And thank you for your uh, earlier, I say in respect, rant on relationships and, and uh, a consent. Uh, you're right. It's funny. Everything is a consent. And it's really good to be here. Really good to just have a discussion with you and share with your audience, your community. And thanks for seeing value that we could uh, have something to say today. So I appreciate being here. Yeah, I, I want to ask you too, because I didn't, I didn't think this is where I was going to start. But when I was talking about you, and I, and that thing hit me of like, man, he just occurs like a joyous person. First of all, are, would you, would you say that like you, that, that is a good word to describe you? I think so. Me and my wife talk about that all the time, joyous or content or positive mm -hmm. or glass half full. So yes. And in our marriage, I, she's the brakes 
Uh, she'll say that herself and more cautious. And I'm like, more, you know what? The car crashed, 17 car pile up, nobody died. No problem. Let's walk the other 40 miles. That's kind of how I, uh, <laughs> I roll. Did so let me ask because I've been, I have been working on that to change the way my brain, you know, my neuroplasticity, because from default and the way I grew up, it was all negative, all pessimistic, all let's look for what's wrong with every situation. And I've spent the last, you know, six, seven years really consciously training my brain to see the world differently. And it's, it has worked and my brain does has completely changed. And yet there's moments where the old stuff shows up, right. Where I'm like finding everything that's wrong and I get to catch myself and go, Hey, that's, you know, you're not committed to that. How were you always like this? You're just one of those lucky people who, you know, you, you came out into the world and, and showed up, you know, from your, from your mom and you were just happy right from the start. Or is this something that you've cultivated over time. I, I can, I'm going to take a slight detour. I can see myself being born the umbilical cord around my neck or something. That's okay, guys. Listen, I'm out. You know what? <laughs> Good to see you, mom. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think I've always been that way to some degree, but I will say the caution, Alex, of course, is I think there, it is good to have these two metaphorical sides because those who are a bit more cautious, right? You need people who are cautious. I'm not the guy, Alex, you want building the metaphorical space shuttle. You don't want me because I'm like, oh, one inch, you know, half an inch. We're good. Three heat shields, two heat shields. Does it really matter? Four parachutes, five pairs. So I sit jokingly, but that is kind of a guy like me. That's how I take my life. You know, the Navy SEALs. Uh, well, mine, men, uh, potato, potato, who cares? You know, so. Um, <laughs> so, I be, so I'll kudos to you for the caution. I think it's good, but I know what you mean. I think if it's negative, some people they don't, they're not able to see positive in anything. You know, everything yeah. is a, is a showstopper, but I think I have been always like that. I just, I'm more the, and maybe that goes with being a risk taker, positive, I'm not sure exactly how all that fits in. Um, but yeah, I think I've been that way for a while. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They, I heard a story a long time ago about, um, you're going to know this because I can't think of his name right now. Who's the, um, the man who founded and in charge of Virgin? Oh, uh, Richard Branson. Thank you, Richard mm -hmm. Branson. That Richard Branson has a mindset like that. Like he's just always optimistic, always positive, always looking for opportunities. And he has a no person mm -hmm. that's like one, like his, his number one guy, you know, like his right-hand man, his job is to like, cause you, if you and I met Richard Branson, you mm -hmm. said, I have an idea and you pitched him something. He would say, yes, yeah. that's the, what the story say. And that his, this guy is meant to be there to not say no to everyone. Right. They obviously do a lot of things, yes. but to actually kind of go, Hey, well, let, maybe we'll take a meeting or he's being nice or whatever, whatever. How I that can imagine happens. that Richard says, you know what, Alex, I'd love to give you virgin. No problem at all. Before we do that, talk to my buddy, Joe. He's just going to finalize the deal. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Joe can come in and <laughs> do it. And I think, I think the thing is for me, like when I said this, it's like, it was about the experience of life, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't my being the judgmental or negative or pessimistic. It didn't serve me. It wasn't like the playing safe was getting me somewhere. It was just having me be upset and bitter and negative all the time. And I think that there's a different, right? Like if, if I was your right-hand person and my job or, or your wife and you that partnership, you're right. Like you might just be like, Hey, let's just buy another five houses. And she might be like, well, we don't like renting them. We're not going to live in them. Why would we do that? Let's like, let's look at another perspective. Mm -hmm. 
That's cool to know. Cause I think so many of us, there's, there's people like you who, for whatever reason, right. You were born and luckily have this, mm -hmm. this outlook. And then there's a lot of us that would love to have more of an outlook like yours and we have to cultivate it. Yeah. Um, are Can there any people think on that? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, go I was going to add, I think on that part, I, I go through the parts, Alex, at times where I wish I was more cautious. So it's ironic, the grass is mm. green for both of us, because sometimes I've rushed and done things, lost money, made a bad deal. I didn't have Richard Branson's no guy or gal, right? Yeah. And I, you know, Alex is, hey, Ramon, so should we do this venture? Should we have a new beige coffee cup uh, company or whatever it may be? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Maybe I shouldn't have. So to your point, I think so, many times in my career, I, I can think that uh, I wish I would have slowed down. And even today, I, I have, so I, ha I have a, uh, idea to do some an audio, not another, not another clubhouse, but a, like an add-on service to Clubhouse. I'm talking to programmers, developers, but I'm saying to myself, Alex, even while I'm talking to you right now, Ramon, is this worth my time? Should I really do this? You know, is it too much? I already have so much on my plate. Maybe I should back away. So to your point, I have to be the no or caution person to myself sometimes because I can spread myself way too thin. That's a great, I love that you said that. Cause that's actually a thing in my space. I just said no to an opportunity yesterday. And I really believe I was saying yes to the things I'm already committed to, right? Like the no to that thing was really, a was a yes to all these other projects yeah. that I already have going on and ones that I know are going to show up. And it was actually really hard because I used to always be a no automatically, right? You had to really it was hard to get me to yes. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, try to be a yes to everything. Cause I really recognize, Hey, when you say yes to something doors open and with every door that opens more doors open, you never know where it's going to get you. And when you say no, you kind of know what you're going to get. You kind of stay in the same place. Right. And so it's been, it was really hard for me to say, to call this person and say, thank you so much for this opportunity. I would love to be considered a year from now when you're, when it's up again, Right now, I think I have to like respectfully, you know, decline, but it sits with me like, oh, are you closing a door? Are you really, are you just tricking yourself? How do you navigate that? Because you're up to, you like me are up to a ton of things. You have lots of projects. How do you navigate the no's that are in service of the yeses? You get, you get where I'm going yeah, with this. It. Yeah. How do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah. And I think kudos to you, by the way, for how you said, no, I just want to underline that and flag that for everybody listening, because I think that's, that's the best way, unless somebody's a moron, a jerk, a thief, you know, someone's evil, you know, yeah. people yeah. like you and I, if I, if, as I'm getting to know you, Alex, I think that's the best way to say no. Yes. Is that you're a good person. I'm a good person. I love your idea. I just can't do it now. So hit me up. So I just, I think that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way. Um, I think for me, Alex, it's prioritization. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she's working on a project. So for example, many people are doing um, speaker summits, right? You may have been invited to some or done some I've done. And especially in COVID, have we all been locked away? Everybody and their mother, me, I've done them, you know, hey, 50 people, whatever it is. So, but I think I've realized that I, I can't do every single one and I have to evaluate the ROI in my time. As you know, you know, sometimes they want you to, you have to promise to email it five times to your list and send out 4 million tweets. Woo. <laughs> so, but I had a friend of mine who I'm kind of close to relatively. We're working together on some things. She asked me some, what I'm, to answer the question, Alex, is that it's prioritization. Most of the time, I'll probably gently say no to these uh, virtual summits. Most of the time. With her, I said yes, because it's a relationship. You and I are getting to know each other. So I said yes to her but I qualified it. I'm happy to add value to your platform. I'll amplify it as I can, 
but I really can't promise you because sometimes, you know, they come with these agreements. You promise to sell your right kidney. I had to say, I can't do all this shoe lit down, do the promo video, do 10 email blasts, can't do that. So that's how I do it. Meaning things I want to do, A, who is it? Two, is it somebody who I just like? Yo, it's my girl, my boy, I'll do anything for you, no matter if I get something out of it. Three, is there something in it for me? Huh, Oprah said, can I go be on her show for a year? Yeah, you know what, Oprah? I guess so, right? You know, my buddy Barack or somebody calls me or whoever, Trump, whatever you want, you know? So that's three, who is it? And then I think four, the aspect of, as you said, should I limit it in some way? I think that helps, you know, if you can't do the whole thing. So is that helpful? Yeah, and I'd love that you did like a yes and. I do this a lot where, and I, I was talking to you about one of my mentors before, and, mm-hmm. and I think I kind of learned, him and I do this, I'll say to him, I'll ask him for something. And he'll say, I can't give you that but why don't you come back to me with some other options, right? He's not saying no. He's saying the thing that you at, like I, you know, if I said to him, Hey, give me this much money. And he says, I can't give you that. So I like recently we were, him and I were in a conversation and I was doing some work for him. And I went back to him and I said, he said, I can't give you that thing you wanted that this work option or this financial option. And he goes, but come back to me. So I went back to him with four options, mm-hmm. two different ways to do the finances. One way where he would include travel where he would send me on a trip somewhere once a year using his flight miles, right? Which was just a made up. I was just like, you know, I know he's uh, another was less miles and a case of really good tequila because I love me some great tequila. And he came back to me and, you know, he was like, well, HR is not going to like the tequila. thing." (laughs) And we had this fun conversation, but what I really got, it didn't matter what the end result was, was like the, the creativity, the play, the looking. And I think the same thing with when I've done summits where I've hosted, I did a project during COVID called core nine camp where we had 30 speakers and events. It wasn't just talks, but people were leading workout classes and exercises. And a few of the people came back and said, I really want to be a part of this, but I cannot do. And we then got to decide, Hey, do we really want them? And most of them we did. We were like, yeah, let's figure out a way to work together. So instead of it being a yes, no, there was some hybrid that got created. Yes. And I love that. I think, it, and, and listen, that's, I think that's all we can ask to do between relationships we have or people we want to work with. And part of it, we're human, you know, it's like we can only do so much in a day. So I think that's the beauty of life. If you come from a good space and you're a good peeps, as we say, are good people, the only answer amongst you know, if I can speak for Alex, people like me and Alex is yes. It's just when, how can we limit it? You know, I can't figure it out. miles, but yeah. let's meet in the middle or whatever. And I, and I like what you said. I do the same thing with certain, there's a buddy of mine who does events in Aruba and, you know, he's nice. paid me to go there and speak and all these things. But guess what, Alex, my wife wants to go to Aruba. So I'm like, dude, listen, I'll get myself to Aruba. You do your event. Don't pay me a dime. What do you think about taking care of the hotel? So I'm just kind of underlying and repeating sure, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and I have a book behind me, um, John Warlow, his book about selling, uh, I forgot the name of the book, but selling your business. And he says similar thing about selling your business is that know what you want. If if you just really want to give your business, you know, sell your business to a good company, let's say the business is valued at 10 million. Maybe you'll take 5 million because you don't need the money and the person buying it is just mint. Yeah. Maybe you just want, maybe you need the money for retirement. You need the 10 million. You know, so to your point, knowing what you want, I've been in deals like that. It sounds like you've been too, where I'm invited to speak or do whatever. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I want them to give me 50K or whatever the number is. They can't, but I like them. Or or 
my goal is met. It's in Hawaii. So I yeah. like it. <laughs> no, that's great. It's like being clear on what you want. So it's, Hey, if you want, I have a client who has a, a family owned business and he wants to sell it. And it's really important to him that he leaves it with somebody who's going to not ruin the name. Okay. So, well, then to your point, he might not be able to get as much money because maybe some people who would give him top dollar are not, are going to want to change the name or whatever. And so being really clear, like, Hey, if the first choice for him is reputation, family name, well, then that comes over money and other people, to your point, money would come first. Who cares about, it's not my business. I'm kind of like that. If I sold my business, well, it's not mine anymore. Someone can do whatever they want with it and not to, I would hope they wouldn't do something bad, but sure. it's theirs now. Yes. Exactly. Um, and that emotional attachment, I think is important. You know, it's, but we go through that at, you know, smart hustle, my baby, my life, you know, whatever it is. But, but I think selves having sold companies before, yeah, I built it. You know, you look on WordPress and all this you've done. And the other dude is like, no, we're moving all this. Well, I got money. So it's all good. Yeah. You, yeah. You trade it. You know? I want to ask you about, you've written four books. Sure. And I want to ask you just about the process as somebody who I, I, I wrote one book. I've been published in a second. Nice. Um, I'm working on books three and four currently. What's your process? Because I know I know a lot of people that want to write books, talk about writing books, start books, stop books, start new books, never write. Mm -hmm. What's the what's enabled you to get to to write and publish four books? Sure. I wish I had a better process. And I must say, I don't like writing. Um, <laughs> I don't. And and also the other challenge is I'm very brief, maybe not on this podcast, I've been seen, but I don't like to go too deep, not because I'm not uh, that type of person. It's just like my son does. He's kind of in our space. He's a content creator. So dad, I'm going to interview you. Fear. Tell me about it. He sits back because he can talk about fear for 90 minutes straight. You know, he's one of these guys, what a Tim Ferriss type of deep introspective. I'm like fear. Uh, just deal with it. So my point being <laughs> writing books, you can see like it's back there. My, my book, Celebrity CEO, it was a thin book. So my process really outline what's the core principles, what I want to share, who then can I turn to to provide some great stories to illustrate what I'm trying to say? And that's my book. Now, the books I've written are a little different. Like one I wrote about Facebook marketing. That was some time ago when Facebook was trying to get advertising for small businesses. So that was more of a technical book. Other ones I've done are technology. So that was more of a very tactical bullet point book about technology for small businesses. And then the latest was more so here's Ramon's concepts about personal branding. So for me, that's the process so far. But I must say, Alex, I have a fifth book in me. The outline's done, but since I don't like writing, and it's a marketing book, so a lot of it is kind of evergreenish. But Ramon Spin, it's harder to do. <laughs> do you do you schedule? Like, do you say, hey, you know, so many people that write have these things. Like, yes. I write an hour a day, or I write fifteen minutes. Do you have like a process like that? I should. Like, yes, I should have should that process, have and I'd probably I'd finish my fifth book if I had that process. But to your point, you you know, only recently have I started to better schedule? So my executive assistant, she's pretty good. She handles my calendaring and things. That's one. Two, I do have Calendly like 80% of the world does. But also three, only recently have I done things like Fridays, 10 to 11, financial review. Meaning, what is that called? Working on, I think, right? On the business. I think that's mm -hmm. on the business. I think, thank you. Yeah, on the business. So I've done that a little more because especially the world's opening up, Alex, I'll tell you a secret. I, I don't know when this is going to go live, but as we're talking today, I realized I have a flight in three days across the country. I didn't buy the ticket yet. So I need to, this is going, it's not answering what you're saying about the book, but forgive me for deviating a bit. But the point is, is that I realized that the world opens up, Alex, I've had to shift my whole time from being what, 13 months locked away in COVID. The flights that we take, 
take two or three mm-hmm. days. But I know you caught all that. I how I mm-hmm. wrote a book and then I shifted to uh, <laughs> calendaring. Well, Sorry about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I mean, I hear like planning and can't like well, that's what we were talking about is that, yeah. hey, there's I think you're actually speaking to and it, it kind of actually goes along with the way that we were talking about you are before. Some people are very rigid in their calendaring, right? Like they're they have these plans, they're all scheduled out. And that's just not who you are. And I, I actually I love that you're sharing that because so many people that come on this show, they're like, the keys to success are steps one through five, and it's like robotic, right? And you're sharing that, hey, here's an like you're I feel like I'm with a big, you're a big kid over here, and you're successful. And the keys to success are it sounds like saying yes and having fun and enjoying yourself and being a good person. You know what, Alex? You man. Man, you brought up something I didn't even know, and you're so right because I've been fresh. So I'm a member of the National Speakers Association, great okay. organization for fresh mm-hmm. speakers. But there's that one thought of, and even podcasters, I bet Podfest is coming up by the way in a few weeks or months. But I bet you know before you speak, look left and right, pause. <laughs> one day, I was living in, or you know, you know, and I'm not making fun of NSA at all. It's great, but it's just. It doesn't have to be, man, Alex, I've started speeches sitting in a chair in the middle of the audience, just saying, y'all ready? So to your point, yes, I, I've been blessed to be, have some measure of success. And it's been at the, despite me being, not taking myself too seriously, being able to poke fun at myself, quote unquote, throwing spaghetti against the wall, making my own serendipity as it were, and just letting the flow happen. You know, like talking to Alex, right? Who knows mm-hmm. what will happen in the next few months with me and him? Maybe something, maybe nothing. So you're right. But at the other hand, other people are more successful. I have Atomic ha- Habits, the guy who wrote yeah. the Habits book, whatever it is. You yeah. know, I'm, maybe I'm making it up, but maybe he's saying, no, you have to do it this way. But yes, and I'm glad you said it. Maybe I'd be a different person. Maybe I'd be more successful, but it's just not me. I'm a, I'm a let it flow, let it flow. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love it. I'm, I mean, I'm very much, I want to say there's, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, right? If I like, just let it flow. I don't know if I would do anything. (laughs) Um, but, but I do have, you know, I'll say things like, Hey, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm actually giving a talk this Friday. So this will air after. Um, and I said to myself yesterday, if you don't start writing this thing, Cause I knew we might, I had like idea. I knew what I was going to write. I had written a, a bio for them and like mm-hmm. a, um, a summary. So they knew what they were getting, but I hadn't actually written out really the details of it. And yesterday I was like, if you don't write this thing, you don't get to go to the, on a bike ride at sunrise at sunset. <laughs> I like and, I, and then it got me to write, it got me to like buckle down and be disciplined for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, right at, at like sunset, other people would be like, oh, I need to polish this. I need to get this done. I'm like, no, I'm going for a bike ride. And that's just as important as writing this talk. You punish yourself. (laughs) You're like, Alex, I'm going to take away the ice cream. Totally. Lock it away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I give, I like totally give myself, you know, after this, when we're done, I'll like take an hour and just play with my dog. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's work to be done. There's always work to be done. There's never not work to be done. You're right. It's funny. You said that before we got on, it wasn't the middle of the day as we're taping this. I, I watched an episode on Netflix. I don't apologize about it. Meaning I know I work hard, but it's like, I just, I guess I work so much. My playtime could be now. My playtime could be at 3 a.m. My playtime could be whenever. Yeah. Besides my faith in my family, which have to come first. But beyond that business, you you got to roll with it. Let me, I want to ask you about the, you've 
I shared in the beginning, you've interviewed some pretty incredible people. You've shared stages with people that I really look up to. Is there somebody, it doesn't have to be on that list that I read earlier, but is there somebody that really stands out that you spent time with in this kind of like, you know, these big name people that really made an impact on you really like left their mark? I think probably the biggest people who made an impact are people, probably the unsung heroes, as it were, many, mm -hmm. maybe who I can't remember even. But I think as I look at my bookshelf, even, and I look at people who've made a difference, I think that I'll mention Seth as one because he's probably the, you know, as out of those who are well known. I guess what I like about Seth and his style, the aspect of he, as you know, he keeps pushing, it might not work. And I think that's why I like him. His style is a bit different than mine. He's more the, hey, this is Seth. Welcome to Akimbo. You know, he's more that's his style. <laughs> so I'm not that. Me and him are vastly different on how we approach the, the, the energy, as it were. But I just like the style of, of it might not work. Now, if you don't have money, if you need to eat, if your kids don't have diapers, you have to be a little more rigid, right? You have to feed yourself, and that's a different situation. Yeah. But let's say you're blessed to have some deal flow and business is okay. You know what? Let's try to start the... I don't know, the black coffee company. Who knows? And see if it works or not. So I like that style about Seth. I think I like that. Um, Damon's approach. I, I, again, Damon and I are not golf buddies at all, but Damon John, been in a room with him some time and all those things I, and seen him online. I like his approach. Um, uh, it's kind of that uh, humble. He often says a lot. I don't know. You know, if he doesn't know an answer. So those are a few things, I think. But yeah, I've been I've been fortunate to be around some pretty cool people. Um, and it's been even mentioning political names. Barack Obama interviewed him once, not golfing buddies, but wow. he's yeah, but he is a chill person that folksy have me over to lunch, roll up my sleeve. You and even know I was the president. And and Ivanka Trump, I was with her in India, not a long time, but I shouted to her as she was coming off the stage. I yelled, Ivanka, I'm from New York City, because she had referenced New York City. She came back, she walked backwards from the door to give me a selfie. So two different styles, two different names that we all know very well. That's pretty, let's, let's look at that for a second. So you've interviewed all these sharks. You've interviewed Obama. How did you make that happen? Right. I'm, I was sitting here before talking about like, I've tried and I, and look, there's always more to do. There's always more to try. Like I have, I've had Seth Godin say not now, or I'm too busy or no to me. I don't know how many times. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. Right. It's not personal, you know, guys, he's got to make the same choices we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and it's probably clear that all these leaders, all these big shots, Obama, they got a lot of things to do. How are you getting in front of them and getting conversations with them? Sure. Um, part of it's just luck. And I don't believe in luck per se, but you know, we're all, you know, you meet Susie and I meet Penny. That's just the, the luck of the draw as it were of life. That's one. I think two, regarding the president in particular and others like that, I'll just anecdotally hit my style. I think one is being very attuned to what someone wants, almost to the level of being very good at sales. So, of course, interviewing him, he, he, he had nothing to do with me interviewing him until I interviewed him. There was tons of, tons of gatekeepers, gatekeepers in between. But that was a Google event. And I believe they said 300,000 people applied uh, at the time a couple of years ago. So I think that was me being attuned to listening. OK, you know, 85 people asked, you know, where were you born? Hmm. Let me not ask that question. That seems like a very common question or stupid question to ask yeah. if, if it gets what I'm saying. So I think it's part of that. How can I be different and, and, and metaphorical, but true is that, for example, I know Wall Street Journal had a contest. They said, we're not going to answer you your submission. They answered me. And this is not new what I'm about to say. 
I sent my submission, as, as I've heard done before, in a big box, and FedEx or UPS it to them. I didn't go the usual route of, at that time, fax it to this fax number, whatever it is. Uh-huh. I went beyond, and, and you'll see the picture with me and Ivanka in India, same principle. Yeah, they said she has will take no interview. She has no time. Heck, I went right to the rope line and did my thing. She couldn't help. She could not ignore me. So I didn't get shot because I made sure I wasn't a threat, kept my hands up and all those things. But, you know, so. <laughs> that's so you I love you go beyond uh, like kind of putting yourself out there. I, I want to say even not being afraid to look silly or stupid or fall down. Um, that's right. That's pretty cool. That's some good advice right there. I mean, so many part of it, I love what you said that it's important. And it's funny. I just went, I was just at the Padres game in San Diego this past week. And a guy that I know plays for the Cincinnati reds Uh and I've known him since he was 10 years old or something. Right. And I was like, I don't know, like 25. And, um, I didn't, I, I found out last minute that I, you know, he was on the trap, like on the actual team and not in the minors. And I like was already headed to the game and he goes, yeah, come down to the dugout. So I can, so I can see you. I haven't seen you in a year or so. So we get to the game a little bit early. I'm with my cousin. We try to walk down to the dugout and the way the Padres stadium is, there's like all this netting there. It's just like, he can't really, you know, we can't, you can't get that close anymore because people get hit by balls now and they sue and, and whatnot. Um, and I went, and, and again, this wasn't the biggest deal in the world, but I said I to it. my, I said to my cousin, I was like, this is like, this is too much. Like, we're not gonna, I'm going to stand there. I'm going to be like screaming his name. Right. Like I, I was, there was a part of me that was like, I don't want to look like a little like, schoolboy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, right. I'm not like, you know, I'm not trying to date him. Um, and also it was just like, is he even gonna, and, and you know, it's again, in this situation, right. It didn't matter. It's like nothing changes. It would just been like, nice to see him. Um, but it's a great, like you, what I get is like, you would have went down there and you would have brought a scissors and you would have cut through the net and you would have climbed onto the dugout and you know, you would have had a megaphone with you and yeah. balloons. Um, there was no way like you were going to not let somebody pay attention to you. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, especially measuring if it was meaningful enough and you're exactly right. And, and part of it, as you said, fanboy, fangirl, that's, that's whatever it is for you. It's similar. Uh, Colin Powell, who, who I met, you know, when he's a former uh, secretary of state, I yeah. believe it was back in the yeah. Bush era, I used to work for the United Nations and it was raining outside and I waited out there for an hour to see him. N- nothing. All right. For me, I didn't, didn't even get a photo. It's just to your point, how desperate are we to sure. do some certain things? And so, uh, to your point, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, but yeah. And did you, fi- by the way, did you finally meet the friend or you didn't get to meet him? I didn't get to see him. I w- we would have, <laughs> I knew he couldn't stay after it was trapped. He was like, you got to come before, you know what? We texted about it and cool. you know, whatnot, but uh, it's a great realization of like where we stop right to the, to the point, like, you know, if it was, and look, even with Seth, I said, I've tried to get Seth on. I could try harder. Right. I could send more emails. I could send, I could take your style and send a box and, and of, you know, I could put a midget in a box and send it to his office and jumps out and does a little dance and says, be on this podcast. I have a friend who has a podcast. I helped her launch it and she had a dream guest and she would make like dancing videos of her begging this person to come on her show. And somehow she got the woman to come on her show. I don't know. It was from the videos, but it's like, Hey, what are you willing to do to get what you want? And I would say what I'm, what I, what I love about what you're speaking is most of us, 
most of the time aren't actually willing to do what it might take. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I think and you have to measure it because you can't, those moments, you can't do everything with those moments. But yeah. I think that when they come and if you evaluate it and sometimes it comes right past you, uh, meaning, you know, you don't have time to think about it. Other times you can plot it and plan it. Um, but I think, yes, I think, what does it take? And I think that that may be sometimes the difference. You know, the proverbial story, the guy who burned all boats when they were going to war, whatever that story is, sometimes that's how you have to do it. But again, it's yin and yang. You got to be careful. I was at CES, the big computer electronic show. I think that's the name of it. This was many, many years ago, 15 years ago or so. And Michael Dell was speaking uh, there at a keynote, you know, at the, uh, at the event on a big stage, thousands and thousands of people, those who haven't been there, just imagine any big, big auditorium. Uh, I went up there. So he's on stage, you know, the, 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 uh, the um, platform is what higher than me and you probably, you know, it's a huge stage. I went up there, walked right up there after he was done. Mr. Dell, Mr. Dell, Mr. Dell, thousands of people milling about after his keynote. He looked down because he could barely see me the lights and he walked away. I didn't know that the real journalists, the real bloggers at the time were behind the stage. Now I know better. And I get these interviews all the time, but the point being I've made fools of myself sometime. I've been embarrassed one day. I was with uh, Bill Gates and Ted Waite of, of Gateway Computer. Probably half your audience doesn't know of Gateway, half does. I tried to, <laughs> scro- I tried to scroll a note to Bill Gates and his handler script, uh, crushed the note up and threw it away right in front of me. So, you know what? It doesn't always work, but you got to keep trying. Is there, is there a time you remember where you stopped, where you went like, you know, I didn't write the note. I didn't let the, you know, the doves fly out of the bag. You know, the thing where you noticed yourself stop for whatever reason, maybe it was fear or embarrassment or, and afterwards you went, oh, you know, I think, I think as uh, I've definitely thought about this in the dating world, you've been married for a long sure. time, but where I'm like, I could have said that thing to that girl. Or yes, I could have yes. been a little more brave yes. and I see it in, it's the same, right? I see it in business. I see it in dating. Is there a time you remember where you went? I, should have gone a little bit further. I think the times that that's happened where, fortunately, it just wasn't worth the ROI. Sure. Uh, one day, just a few years ago, Denzel Washington was at a play. This is not business, but at a play. I'm sure maybe if I would have pushed whatever it is, because I saw other people who maybe knew him better, kind of like your friend, they went to a side door and got the, the, the photo at Denzel Washington. I didn't do that because I was with my lady. It was late at night. And if he was a business icon, I'm just all about business. I'm not so much into regular celebrities, you know, it's like dime a dozen. Not that I see them a dime a dozen, but it just doesn't turn I mean, me on yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think that probably when I haven't done that, Alex, it was just the times where I'm like, it's not worth it. You know, it's not, it's not worth it or whatever it was. So that's probably why, but I can't, yeah. very few times has it been our oh, shucks moment. I should have done it because again, as you get to know me, <laughs> that's, that's the gift that I do have. Mm-hmm. I probably have done it enough and embarrassed myself too much. Or made the person angry. I've done that before. Like Walt Mossberg. He used to be a reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Now since retired. But he used to be a longtime colonist. Walt Mossberg. You can Google his name. And I think I faxed him. This is back in the day. I faxed him. Found his number online at some, you know, hack search engine. Faxed him. Yeah, faxed him. And he emailed me back. Dear Ramon, two things. One, if you would take the time to read my column, you would know we don't review websites like yours. I review consumer goods. Two, I did look at your website. It's so horrible, I wouldn't review it anyhow. Thanks, Walt. I wished I saved that. I think back at the time, it was to an <laughs> AOL address. That's what he said. <laughs> Walt Mossberg, lead reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Oh, that's great. Um, and this was before all news was fake, right? So that it must have been the truth. That was, yes. you know, that was those were those were facts. Um, 
<laughs> I was going to, oh, I wanted to ask you about the UN. Sure. Um, I've been to the UN in New York one time. I cried when I was there. It was very, it was a really surreal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it was spiritual. It was, there was something about people coming together to try to have things be different. There was some sadness about like how things don't ever seem to change regardless of what we do. There's a lot of, it was, I got sent there uh, as a, like a, you should go look at what leadership looks like, mm. not as like a punishment, as a, as an example. Um, and it was, it was an overwhelming experience, but as somebody you worked with, with the UN or at the UN, right. At for 10 UN. at the UN for 10 years. What, what do you feel like you got, you know, like looking back at that, what's, what are some takeaways from spending time, you know, in that organization? Sure. I think there's two things that come to mind for me and it was, you know, well over 10 years, I put 10 years out there in public, but a little over 10 years, but I think two things, one, the, the, I'll start with the negative side, the negative side, I worked for a very small office, uh, good people, decent people, but just the office was very dysfunctional. So that's just, that was my big takeaway very personally there. I, I didn't leave on such a good experience. Having said that, the UN overall, notwithstanding the small office I was in, um, there's you no place that you can find in the world, forget white and black, that's the American experience, right? I mean, our historical sure. white, black, and Spanish, you know, the, the, the not, you know, not getting those other immigrants listening. I don't mean you don't count what I mean is talking about 200 years ago. <laughs> it's like the, well, it's the, it's the context of it, right? It's the like context, the, right. the context of it is we, yeah, we see America. It's like white, black, and brown. Right. And right. right. We just generalize it to make it simple. Correct. So yeah. what I'm trying to get at is that in the UN, forget white and black, it's, you know, 10 people who look your skin complexion. 20 different parts of the world, yeah. 10 guys who look like me. One was born in Japan. One was born in Kenya. One speaks fluent Spanish and his mother's Italian. So my <laughs> point being, that's where the UN, you see that cosmopolitan mix of people. You know, you, no, you can't gossip. I'm looking at a guy who looks like Alex. I don't know that he wasn't born in China and speaks fluent Mandarin. And it's kind of comical too, when you see people, because we're used to how people sure. look. You know, you see a guy looks like he's coming from the hood. Yo, what's up? And then he's dropping German. You're like, oh, dang, I didn't expect that. (laughs) So I think from the UN, that's just the biggest thing I appreciate, that mix of cultures. I've I've been in the uh, Saudi Arabian mission, uh, Uganda, Nigeria, Mauritius, all over the place within the square block radius of 42nd Street, First Avenue between and 44th, all over the world. So that was really a great experience. It brings me to like a good, you know, I want to, I, I want to, I'm trying to think, how do I, I want to look at the, you, cause you just, you brought us to a new place where we're mm-hmm. talking about culture, race, religion, we can put in here, right? There's so many different factors of all the, I, I remember when I was a kid, my mom said, if we got rid of race, if we got rid of religion, we'd look at each other and go, well, the people that have noses like this, we don't like, right? Like, my mom was, you know, and it wasn't that any of those are good or bad. There's a, there's an aspect of being human that it's like faulty software, right? Where we have to find, we have to like single people, instead of taking responsibility, we have to find people to put things on. Um, as a black man in, in America, how have you, right? Like I'm, I'm one to to look at, we can't look at anyone's experience and place it on other people, right? Because you're doing well, we can't say, well, every black person should do well because look at you, right? That's not fair. Um, and how do we, like when you look at the America that we live in now, 
what do you, I'm almost like, I don't even know what I want to ask. It's like, what do you want to see for us? What are your hopes? Like we're in a, we're in a shitty, I, I don't know that we were ever in a good time. Right. It was just like things were behind a curtain. We pretended. And now it's like a lot more, it's obvious to people who didn't want it to be obvious. Right. What do you, what are your hopes for us? Like, how do we improve as a country, as a people, especially like while we're so divided? Sure. Uh, two things, I think, Alex, I think it's two things. And I'm, I, one, I'm very uh, not hopeful about America. I mean, I love America. I love my country. Anybody looks at my posts. <laughs> That's for sure. Clear on that. But I'm not hopeful about the future. I think we're going to get more divided, more divided, more divided. No, do you say not hopeful or hopeful? Not hopeful. I'm not okay. hopeful. Yeah. And I think your mother had a good point. I think that's why, because of the advice from your mother, <laughs> I think we're all, everybody's looking to split people up. But here's yeah. my thinking is that one, uh, so, so I think one, we must acknowledge the past racism and, 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 and things that have happened and Jim Crow laws and all these things, especially talking from the black experience. Mm-hmm. This is a fact. These things have happened. Yeah. And I tell my more conservative friends, no, you can't ignore and say, Hey, redlining is in the past. You know, you can't, you just can't move on and ignore that. Like, like the typical example, many people may have seen the video, two boys at a race, one boy you hold back for, you know, 10 minutes to tell the other boy to run ahead. You can't, the other boys forever, you know, 10 minutes ahead. That's just assuming all things are equal. Having said that, where I differ also with more of my, I'll call it liberal friends. I'll use those words just in sure. generic, you know, got to be careful sometimes with the brands I work with and all that. But my more liberal friends is that, I do see us, if you work hard, if you have good character, if you're highly skilled, the chances are better, even in an imperfect America. And this is still, I think Ronald Reagan said it, the best place on earth for what we have. We have immigrants, I'm sure you have friends, I do, who are still pouring to get here. I have friends of mine from India. India is a very modern country. They're still immigrating here, why? the bribery, the nepotism, the caste system. So I'll just, if I may, uh, Alex, I just want to summarize what I said again, just to clarify it is that A, we can't ignore the past. I want to be very clear on that. Things have happened as we all know, you know, in the past. But my point is I don't want us to victimize victimize ourselves and say that because this has happened, I can never be a success. If that makes sense. That's what I'm, that's what I know. Absolutely. I mean, I love it because it's not, I say this, this is a, a, a thing I've been kind of ranting on is like you go far enough to the right and you go far enough to the left and you end up in the exact same place. Two groups of really righteous people who think there's only one way in their way. And, and I, and I actually, so people, so sometimes I've had people say, well, so it's the middle. And I'm like, no, the middle just pretends everything is actually fine on a, if we take a straight line and we put arrows on the end and we say, you know, right and left and, the, and moderate in the middle, mm-hmm. the only way things are going to change is if we actually take a, an eraser and erase the whole line and create a whole, a a new whole something. The playing on that line is just a pendulum swing from, you know, different right, wrong, right, wrong. So I I love what you're saying about, Hey, there's some things that work and some, there's some things that don't, and we can do both at the same time. Um, I'm curious too, what you teach like what you teach your, how old are your, you have sons or yeah, two, two son and daughter, they're adults, but I can, I'm happy to talk about what we talk about today or in the past, but continue. They're adults. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think like, cause I love that you say like, Hey, I I'm like, I'm totally with, like, I'm hundred percent with you. We can't ignore the experience, the lived experiences that people have. And 
we don't want to be victimized by our lived experiences, right? We could take race and religion out of this and say, hey, if I was a kid of any color and my parents beat me up for 20 years, right? How do I, that actually happened. And we want to have compassion and empathy and love for the, that person who went through that trauma. And how do they now at 20 not continue to be victimized by something that happened? How do you, how do you work with like, you know, as a father with your children on that? No, for sure. And I think part of it is I, I'm blessed to say that since they grew up, quote unquote, these are all depends on your lens in a good home. You know, me and my uh, wife worked our best to raise them and et cetera. They didn't have any right. trauma, nothing negative like that. I'm blessed to say neither did I. But I think that what I just taught them, I think that aspect of hard work, that's just it. Work hard, be a good person. My son's in our space, Alex. If you ever want to work with him, he's in our digital creator space, a coach and things that he does. Very successful. He lives in, in Europe, um, by the way. Oh, cool. And it's funny, during the uh, Black Lives matter uh you know demonstrations and protests whatever you wish to call it yeah he recently got married so it was him skinny black kid and a skinny white girl uh kissing and etc all during this uprest it was a riot no pun intended. and he, and what's what's your son's name i'm curious like to look him up what's his yeah i'll tell you his name is tim i'll give you his full information uh, after he finishes sure. but yeah tim but but the bottom line is what i tell them i think really what i what i just said i'll echo that oh. work very hard have great character and three is what I tell young people. I have it on LinkedIn. And three is be skilled at something. Work hard, have great character, and be highly skilled at something. If you do those three things, you'll definitely never starve. And you may be well off, like Alex and I are, if I can make some presumptions. That's just the American way and maybe the world way. If you're skilled at something, you know, a little, little bit better than Alex, not in a competitive way, but, you know, if Alex is the average, I can, I can cut hair just a bit better than he can. Aren't we talking about the Olympics? Are we talking about Kobe Bryant? Are we talking about whoever that we know, Seth Godin's of the world? Everybody else is just kind of in the middle there, going back yeah. to your point about the line. So work hard, character, and have like a strong skill or become really good at something. That's right. It's a great point because people, I think hard work is the greatest myth of success ever invented. Mm. It's the... Um, it's the same, it's the opposite side of the scale to me as just simply manifesting to sit on your couch and, and, and think about things. And, you know, while you, too, yeah, uh, like yeah. both of those things are myths that, you know, I know plenty of people that work hard and have nothing, That's right? That's right. right. There's a lot of people. I, I often say like, Hey, you're the postman could be the hardest working postman. And all he might ever be is a postman right. and not, right. We need postman. We oh, need the deli- And, but like hard work doesn't necessarily translate to success in every arena. Now to your, I love what you add though. Cause if you take hard work and we take that, let's just use postman. Mr. Postman is, is a, the hardest worker. He's a good person. So people like him. And then he's got a skill outside of being a postman. Something else becomes possible. Now that skill could even be leadership and maybe yeah. He evolved, he moves up the, the ladder or whatnot. Oh, can we dream, Alex? Can we dream real quick? Sure, go for it. He, he or she can take the envelopes. They can throw it from 100 feet away and have it land <laughs> in each box perfectly. Playing along here, sure. now we're talking about a super a super postal carrier, right? To sure. your point, I'm just playing with you here. But yeah. maybe he works hard, uh, is a great guy, because you can be a jerk and, mm-hmm. and throw the stuff in. People say, but then he's like, watch this Kobe move or whatever it is. Now we have well, a 360, 350. Well, and right to, your, to your point, you just had me go to, I don't know if you know who Callie Bundy is. 
She's no, I don't think so. so I don't know. I don't know all her history, okay. but what she, what I found out about her is on social media, she does things like she's this beautiful, tall, blonde woman. She looks mm-hmm. like a model okay. and she'll throw a football from like, you know, 50 yards away into a trash can. She'll throw it into a basketball hoop. She, she has this insane yeah. kind of circus like talent. Yep. To throw a football and get and make it like through little hoops far away. And she does things like quarterbacks couldn't do right now. We're not talking about if, if people were running at her, right. She's doing it still. And, um, but if we set like, she there's to your, she is famous now. And now she does like interviews and she's all these big things and she models and all this stuff. But no, she, there's a lot of beautiful people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people with great bodies and a lot of, and we haven't, and a lot of them work very hard and we don't know who any of them are, but a random skill, like being able to throw a football into a garbage can from 50 yards or whatever, separated her from the pack to your point of, and put her on social media where all of a sudden she became famous. Your postman who can throw all of a sudden, right? Some eight year old puts him on TikTok. Oh, done. And And then you and I become the agents, you and I, because we're podcasters. Yeah. We become the excluded agents of records and we didn't form a company with Joe, Joe Brogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, <laughs> you and I, San Diego to New Jersey. Life is good. Right. Well, yeah, and, 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 and said postman becomes now famous and we see him on late night TV because of what he can do. Right. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautiful like hard work character skill. Cause I even say character can be like, not just the kind of person you are, but who you're being like mm. character could be your, your, that the manifestation piece or the spirituality piece that can accompany a lot of things. Um, I think this is an awesome place to pause, leave us. Um, I want to ask you before I always, you know, I, is there anything that I didn't ask you anything you want to say, any rant you want to go on? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sliding a soapbox under your feet and making you stand on it. Is there anything that you want to leave the audience with before? Listen, I'll just say, and I do mean this. Um, I do two kinds of interviews, Alex. One is more of a tactical, how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, how to do the tactical things of business. Uh, and I enjoy those the most because I'm more comfortable with them. But having a conversation like this, where you're talking about mindset, humanity, and personal, I don't do it as often, but I enjoy this. And it, it, it stretches me to grow. Other people push me to do this. That's one. Two, just to say thank you. And three, I think I'll just repeat and encourage the audience, those listening, if you're just starting your business and listening, it's hard work. It's tough. It's a grind. But I encourage you just to go forth and do it and, and hang out with people like Alex and team and et cetera to learn from. And I think, two, I'll just say, keep doing it. Keep doing it and make your own serendipity. Uh, very few things are put into your lap, but if you keep at it and make that happen, you'll be just fine. But it's been great, Alex, hanging with you, and I've had a lot of fun, and I hope somebody on listening to you has learned from us today. Thank you. I, I'm you. Your first of all, your joy is infectious. Thank you. It's it's hard. So the first thing I want to like give people or leave people with is they need to go to your website. Uh, I'm just going to spell it for people. R A M onray.com um your instagram same is exactly the same um they can you know there's so many things here there's so many things they can like learn about you you have a your 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 podcast they can go visit um is, is it called be inspired and learn is that the night and name uh, of best sorry. ramonray.com that's okay or smarthustle.com those are two uh, best ways to reach me smarthustle.com okay, cool. or uh what did i just say i forgot my name oh ramon ray <laughs> 
it's a smart it's a and it's a smart hustle podcast yes, yes thank you. um yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your linkedin as i'm, oh, I'm yes, doing yes. this um it's all good I, I want people to be able to go there and check you out but i say that in relationship to the infectious because it, when you're with somebody look there's people that are happy that are annoying and I don't know what separates it. Why certain people are annoying. You're not annoying. It's a weird thing to say to somebody. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty upfront. I just say what I, but you, your, your happiness. It's like, it, 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 like I'm happier now. I'm actually left leaving this podcast. It's going to be a good day. I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the day, but I'm going to be in a good mood and I'm going to be happy. And I think that the, you know, everybody won't be able to interview you, but being able to connect with you online, getting your energy is, is going to translate through media. Um, so I want people to go do that. Uh, I want people to go pick up your book and just, I just want to thank you for being here. Thanks for, um, regardless it. of all the lessons that the, the great things I learned, like leaving me, I don't think there's a, there's a bigger impact than you can have on somebody and then leaving them feel different right? You can give me all the tips, but if I feel the same, I might not be able to use them. Um, so thanks for leaving me feeling different, happy, better. Uh, we'd live in a way better world if everyone was just a little happier, right? We'd have less time to be mean to each other if we were all just a little happier. Um, so thanks for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you and everyone listening, please, um, who needs to hear this? Who do you know that maybe they just need like a little dose of happiness? Maybe they need to hear, you know, about the amazing postal worker that slings, um, you know, the, the letters right into the box. Maybe, you know, um, they need to hear the aspect of like the yes, but who do you know that needs to hear this that'll get something and can you share it with them today? Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. And we'll see you next time on the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.